The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Ugh, I'm not in the mood. Do we have to do this? Yes. Wait, are we recording? Okay, let's go. You're listening to The Allie Colbert Show. Welcome back to the Allie Colbert Show. How are we doing? October 11th. How is it October? You could tell me that it is any month right now, and I would believe you. That's how out of it I am. I feel like when you work freelance, and by that I mean when you're unemployed, when you're unemployed, you just have no sense of time. So yeah, work is terrible, but at least you're grounded in some sort of timeline of when this fucking shit is going to end. I want to know if I'm inching closer to hell. I don't want to just free float on my way there. <sighs> what a good way to start the podcast. What an amazing way to start the podcast. Everyone's talking about the Try Guy scandal. I don't know what a Try Guy is. I don't, I don't know if I want to know. I'll tell you what I'm going to do right now is I'm, I'm going to do something very helpful for everyone. I'm going to summarize the Try Guy scandal without knowing anything about what the Try Guys are. These are this, and I'm going to explain it to you so that you know. So the Try Guys, these are, this is a group of young men and they're on TikTok and they do, they do dances and they do pranks and they're very nice guys, these Try Guys. They're very good guys. They present themselves. Hey, we're just trying, we're just trying. You know, they're not doing, they're trying. And there's something sort of lovely about that and humble and, you know, it's relatable. That they're, they're not, they're not, they've not accomplished it. They didn't kill it. They tried. And that's very accessible for people on YouTube. So they're the Try Guys. Okay. And I believe they started at BuzzFeed. I think that's true. And I think there's one of them. Actually, I want to pull up a photo of one of them. One of them that is apparently the nice one. This guy's supposed to be really nice. Dare I say, He's the Adam Levine of the Maroon 5 Try Guys. The Maroon 4. Yes, I'm looking at him now. He's very nerdy looking. I have no idea if any of this is accurate. Okay, there's a guy in the Try Guys. His name is Ned Fulmer. All right, and this is what Ned Fulmer does. He cheats on his wife. I know. You're never going to believe it. It's never been done before. Ned cheated on his wife, which, you know, that's unforgivable and no one has ever done it. And it's a terrible thing to do. And he, what he did though, that was smart. He, well, he thought it was smart, but it blew up in his face as he, he tried to coattail the Adam Levine scandal. And he was hoping Adam Levine would sort of cloak his affair. But what happened was everyone got so upset that Adam, that our sweet Adam, and I'll never let go of this story, our sweet Adam, our monogamous faithful Adam who promised, who said to us 10 years ago, he said, she will be loved. And we said, is that, are you talking about Bahati? Will she be loved? Because you said she would be loved. And I don't know where you are because I thought you were standing outside of her house in the rain and she was a beauty queen. And now I think you are in the Atlanta airport on your Instagram in the Delta lounge. Back on track. Ned, who's, who's sort of the Adam of the Try Guys, Again, this is all fact. Cheats on his wife. 
I have to say, I'm looking at photos of him and I'm almost positive he's gay. Oh, you can't say that. I, I, this is just a thought I'm having as a human being. And I love gay people. I'm gay. So I'm just saying, I think I'm seeing one of my community. Okay. So he cheats on his wife and everyone goes, oh my God, you can't do that. This is terrible. He loses his job for cheating on his wife. This part, I have no idea if this is real. I think he engaged in a real, this is, by the way, this is what happens when you have a podcast and no one does research for the podcast, including the host. Okay. By the way, I did try and do research for this. I tried to look up what did Ned Fulmer do? And it's very, he cheated on his wife. And I think he cheated on his wife with someone at work, which that's a double no. You know, you go to work, you got to work with these people. You can't sleep with them. We all know that's the rule nowadays. That is the rule. He, oh, he was caught on video kissing someone at a New York City bar, which by the way, God damn, that's awful. That is like, by the way, if you're filming him at a bar, like, what the fuck are you doing filming at a, him at a bar? You think you're like helping, you're ruining his life. You have like, you're exposing him to his, you think you're going to help his wife? Like, I think people deserve the truth, but I don't think they deserve the truth through that means. I think that's ruthless and actually really not supportive. Okay, so he kisses someone at a bar. That's kind of like an a la Justin Timberlake with his hand on that girl's thigh in New Orleans. So he kisses someone at a bar and they're off. All right, so this is brutal. I have to tell you something because everyone on the internet is freaking out about this. This is the worst thing they've ever seen in their lives. Every single, in per- every single person in Fleetwood Mac slept with each other, okay? Every single person in that van, in that band, fucked each other, okay? Nick Fleetwood, Stevie Nicks, Lindsey Buckingham, okay? Every single person slept with the other person behind each other's back, and then when they were done, they infiltrated each other's friends group, friend groups. Sorry if you can't tell, I'm a little out of it right now. You're like, we can't tell. Every single person then infiltrated the band members, friend groups, and slept with the people in their, in their friend groups, okay? Seriously, I swear to God, this is real. Okay, their marriages broke down, and then they went for their friends. You know, McFleetwood went for Nix's best friend, the whole thing, okay? This happened, and you know what we got out of it? We got out of it rumors, okay? Do you know rumors? God, you guys are idiots. This is what we got out of this sick fucking amount of infidelity and backstabbing and cocaine. Fuck yeah. Okay. So what I'm trying to say is that the try guy should have fucked the other try guy's wife. The other try guys should have fucked fucking Ned Fullman, whatever the fuck this guy's name is, wife. Everyone, they should have fucked it up. And I'll tell you what would have happened. The greatest piece of art would have been created. Stop pretending that living in this fucking clean ass society where everyone follows the rules and everyone uses the right words. You're going to you're not creating something great. Sleep with people. 
destroy people, stab people in the back, and write an amazing album. Could you imagine the Try Guys now? Their pranks, like, because because he has this affair, instead of kicking him out, they all kind of indulge in this debauchery, and then their their pranks become, like, exceptional art pieces. You need to be angry. You need to be hurt to be an artist. I don't rant on a microphone for a an essentially a volunteer podcast because I felt happy as a child. Lean into the pain, Ned. That's where I'm going to leave you, Ned. I watched Blonde this past weekend, and my God, was that a mistake. And I was excited about it, too, because Anna Darmus, obviously stunning, Adrian Brody, and also I love Bobby Cannavale. However, Andrew Dominic, what a disgusting film. Talk about a film that didn't work. The New Yorker had this amazing review that someone I know shared with me, and they, it talks about how Blonde is the passion of the Christ for Marilyn Monroe. And it just, vict- she was a victim during her life, and then the film just victimizes her over and over again. The, the film is a beating, okay? The film is what Bahati is going through. It's an emotional beating. There's like a two-minute scene of Marilyn jerk giving the president head and him coming in her mouth. There's like a CGI fetus that we keep returning to. Marilyn's constantly calling her husband's daddy. It's essentially soft porn, and it's such a waste of $26 million or whatever the budget was. It's amazing that this is what we allow, you know, big budget accepted, you know, socially accepted, industry accepted directors to, to create. Like, this is insane. And like Anna de Armas, like I really respect her as an actress. Brad Pitt, I really expect, I respect as an actor. He's producing the film. Why does no one say like, hey, what are we doing here? Like they just film just like start to finish is just such a fucking tormented fuck nightmare where we're just fetishizing Marilyn Monroe's pain over and over again. Call him daddy. Give him head. Get fucked up. Get get up. Get knocked up. Have sex. These two guys just fucking Marilyn and her head in the pillow. It's like it's 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 insane. It's an insane waste of time. I I came 10 times, but it wasn't a good movie. That's what I'm trying to say. Did I have many orgasms? Yes, but it wasn't a good film. It wasn't a good film. Anna de Armas, though. Anna de Armas? Armas? My God, she is so fucking gorgeous. I really am fascinated by Marilyn Monroe, though, and, like, her relationship with Joe DiMaggio and Arthur Miller. And I know that Joe DiMaggio signed his letters to Marilyn Monroe. Pa. And everyone knows about... Everyone knows. Everyone knows about Marilyn Monroe's daddy issues. But, um, really missed opportunity to, like establish something new and interesting and nuanced but my god is she hot she's fucking hot what a crazy time to be a movie star that you know people are just like you have you have a look like that and they're like we're gonna put you in all the pictures kid you know and now like every single 12 year old on my tiktok is like a victoria secrets model giving someone a hand job and you know snapchat is like green lighting shows uber is gonna come out with movies PayPal has fucking, you know, short films that are going to be nominated for an Academy Award. We're all casting from like, this person's amazing on Instagram stories. It's just fucking insane. Like, we've just like watered down our, the quality of everything so much. We've, we're so fucking oversaturated with everything, with 
with people, with talent. I mean, nothing is interesting anymore. Isn't that wild? That's why when a boomer goes on social media and they send you a video that they think is interesting, you see it and you're like, I don't even understand what you're seeing here. It's because they've not had access to the internet in the way we have. We're just swimming in this ocean of content. I've seen a dog eat sushi on the piano. I've seen a woman, you know, sing the alphabet backwards while her tits are on fire. And she like, it's just, it's ridiculous. Like to stand out in this, in this fucking avalanche of shit is insane. It's insane. And then Marilyn Monroe, you know, she's got tits and she's a blonde. And, you know, the year is 1960 and everyone's like, butter and everything. Butter and everything. She died in 62, so I don't know, 50s. What an iconic fucking, like, sex symbol, honestly. I was thinking about it. I was like, this is someone where, like, no matter what part of the world you travel to, there's, like, a cartoon of her, like, like scrawled on like some sidewalk or like street art caricatures insane people are like screen print like printing her face on like t-shirts in bangkok and florence and new york it's just what a level of fame and if in 50 years from now we're gonna see charlie d'amelio's face everywhere i'm gonna kill myself i'm just joking i'm not gonna kill myself the suicide hotline number is now, they've changed it. I don't know if you know this, but the suicide hotline and crisis a lifeline number is now 988. 988. So if you want to start doing stand-up comedy or if you want to start a podcast, please call 988. Julian and I were talking about AIM screen names and the AIM screen names we used to have. I had a screen name. My first screen name was Idol1HP. Because I was obsessed with American Idol. I thought, hey, if I went on American Idol, it would be nice to be number one. I always wanted to be number one. And then HP, because I was a Harry Potter fanatic. Why was a Harry Potter fanatic? I don't know. I was a Harry Potter fanatic. People make fun of Harry Potter fanatics now. They're like, you're old. Why are you obsessed with magic? Sorry, I had a fun, fun time for five seconds. Sorry, I read one book in the last 30 years that I enjoyed. you mind if I reference it? It's kind of the only thing I got going for me. I can't remember a word of the Scarlet Letter. Wingardium Leviosa, I'll quote it, okay? Lumos, please. You want to talk Prisoner of Azkaban? I can't, that's the only thing I have. Millennials don't sit around and talk about Shakespeare. We're not our parents. Our parents didn't talk about that, let's be real. But we have Harry Potter, okay? So just, just give it to us. We're not happy. We can't afford houses. Look at this. I can't live anywhere. The prices in LA are essentially, every time I look at the price of something, it's basically saying, hey, you should move. The prices incentivize you to leave. These cities want us out. New York, LA, they don't want us here. I obviously will stay because, you know, I do have talent in this, in this dark sky of hopelessness, but you guys should leave and you should subscribe to the podcast. This will help me afford rent. And what I can do is every week on the podcast, I'll just tell you what it's like to be in these expensive cities. Now, I, we could FaceTime you in. You don't need to be here creating traffic. What are you doing? You're not going to sell the movie. You're not selling the movie. You don't have anything interesting to say. Please, just let me get this. Anyway, I remember I wanted to have, I needed to have a sexier screen name because I started with Idol 1 and I thought, no, this isn't hot. This isn't hot. I wanted a little sex appeal in the screen name. So I did what a lot of people did. And I added Babe to the handle and I was border babe I was border babe border babe CMMOB what's CMMOB I'll tell you what it is CMM was for Chad Michael Murray that's right CMM was for Chad Michael Murray how embarrassing is that who I thought was gorgeous and I still think I wonder what he's up to now he's probably so bald 
I thought he was stunning, but looking back, I think I was devastated that he was engaged to Sophia Bush. They were married for like five seconds. Oh yeah, he's just, you know what? He just, he was very cute as a boy. He kind of had this boyish, blonde, handsome quality. And now he kind of just looks like one of those hot dog guys. By hot dog, I mean physically resembles a hot dog. That's why I can't really get into Channing Tatum. I mean, other than the fact that I'm also straight. But it's just, it's too round and red. And it's like, do I want you with mustard? And the OB was Orlando Bloom. Orlando Bloom, that was another guy. I, I think I subconsciously wanted to, to be him. I can't believe he's with Katy Perry now. He's one of these guys, I think I mentioned Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio on the last podcast. Why am I like ch- choking on my words so much? I'm not even high. I'm really struggling. I think I'm, I don't know what's going on. Orlando Bloom's one of these guys that his face like shrunk. Like it like squished down. You know what I mean by that? Like he has a small face. I kind of feel that way about Jude Law too. Oh my God, Sienna Miller, talk about hot. Holy shit, Sienna Miller's hot. She's, she's gotta be like top five for me. I would say Sienna Miller, Penelope Cruz. I know these are the things you guys wanna know. Sienna Miller, Penelope Cruz, Sophia Bush. My only issue with adding Sophia Bush to the category is I don't respect her as much as, like, as an actress as these women. Sienna Miller, Penelope Cruz, Natalie Portman, Jennifer Aniston. God, is it crazy that I still want Jolie after what she did to Aniston? I think I would choose Aniston over Jolie though. But I love Portman. I love Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman, I want to marry Natalie Portman. I think I want to marry Natalie Portman more than I now. I think mar- she's marriage material. She's a wife. Natalie Portman's a wife. I want to talk to her. I want to have Shabbat with her. I want to do the holidays. I want to go home to her family in Israel. I want to like say, I want to look at Natalie Portman and I want to say, let's just leave LA this summer. Let's go rent a house somewhere. Just like, let's just take the kids. She, she, she brings that out in me. Whereas Sienna Miller, I think I'd want to stay in a city. I think we would like have fun together. I think we'd, we'd stay in London. We'd stay in New York. We'd stay in LA. We'd have threesomes. We'd hook up with other people, but we would be deeply connected. Good, good. So I went to Border Babe and that was always fun when you would hear your crush come on. I wonder if we can hear that sound. That sound, I have like a Pavlovian response to that sound. When I hear that, those that's those sounds from AIM. Let's hear if we could play it. Oh, great. This is just a, a tutorial on how to use AIM from fucking 2016. Let's see. That's not even that long ago. AIM login sounds. Actually, is it even called AIM? It was called, oh yeah, running. Instant messenger. It has no sound. Perfect. I'm glad I played that video. Let's try this again. Let's see your sounds that you should remember if you're a 90s kid. Let's see if we can remember them. I barely used. I remember that shit. Yeah, that's called a movie. Honestly, it's amazing that I'm not high during this because this sounds like the highest episode I've ever done. I really wish I could hear that sound, that door. And then you just squirt all over your chair. Damn, that was fun. Tell me if you know, tell me if you know this sound. Oh, here, this might be it. This is like, this is like, um, what's it called? R, oh, fucking, ASMR. The Ali Colbert Show ASMR. Ready? The Ali Colbert Show ASMR. Oh, sweet Lord. That was good. Oh, my God. I want to make that my text tone when Julian calls me just so I could get excited. 
That was so good. When people would like send you like a hundred messages in one second, like da, 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 da. you remember that? Yes. Oh my god, that was like doing lines in the fucking bathroom of the Yanza word. That's how hyped I would get when I would get like those message requests. It's like, hey, do you know, you know, Oktoberfest 222? They want to know if they could send you a message. You're like, fuck, who is it? You accept it. It's like, hey, who is this? David from Science. I, I got your screen name. I just wanted to ask if, if you had the homework. You're like, fuck. I thought someone would want to fuck me. All right, folks. I do like the idea of doing ASMR on the podcast. I think that's kind of fun. And sounds that you'd remember as a kid. That's really funny. Like 90 sounds. This is this is the sound. That's dopamine hits. That's the original like. That's the OG fucking like. The OG DM. I was, people were sliding in to your aim request. You remember out of the box? Okay. I remember all of this stuff. Very fun. Very fun to reminisce. Probably have to clean up some of the space. I'm just, I'm really chilling here. This is a, this is a winding episode. I got a few messages that I want to address. Questions for the pod. Someone wrote to me. They said, Allie, is there always a guy and a girl in lesbian relationships? You're always talking about it. Great question. Listen, I'm stereotyping and I think, you know, often that, that is the case, but of course not. I think like everything else. No, of course it's not. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. There's only a boy one and a girl one. There's a binary in gay relationships. There's no non-binary gay. That doesn't make sense. Of course you can be, you know, it's it's whatever dynamic feels right. Like, I, by the way, this brings me to someone. What is it? Is a switch just someone that switches between being a top and a bottom? I think that's what that is. I've never, no one ever taught me that. Yeah, yeah, switch. Top, bottoms, and verses or switches or terms that refer to sexual preferences within the queer community. Okay. Like, of course, you could be two people that are interested in different things and you, you, the energetic dynamic fluctuates and is fluid. That makes total sense to me. I mean, I think about when I was with my first girlfriend, I often felt, and I think looking back, I see this, that she was more masculine than me. And that was just who I was interested in dating at the time. And I think now that that wouldn't, that wouldn't really speak to me, but you go through different things at different times. And no, no one has to be the boy one or the girl one. I mean, sometimes it's helpful because these heteronormative roles, they kind of clear things up for you, especially when the check comes. But also the room to like figure things out and discover things on your own and create new rules is very exciting. So don't let these things limit you. I'm, I'm playing around, you know, I think that exists in some ways, but in some ways, no, not at all. I think it's really up to you. And I also feel that this is like back to what I just said about my first girlfriend, but like depending on who you're with, it can inspire something else in you. Like ultimately at the end of the day, even though I am ashamed of this, I do feel like I have bisexual tendencies. And when I often feel myself, not often, but whenever I am attracted to a man, I often feel like it's not that I'm so masculine and I want to like top him and, and be the same version of myself that I'm in relationship with different women. I just, I access a different part of myself. And I think it's powerful to be able to move between the masculine and the feminine. Feminine. There's actually a really good course about that online called the Grace Course that I've heard about. Maybe I'll tag it in the episode title. But yeah, don't hold yourself back. But pick a side. Someone wrote to me and they said, Allie, what do you define as coming out to yourself? 
when someone says, when did you come out to yourself? Are you, are you thinking about number one, you know, that I'm gay and I have lots of shame and fear and I'm knowing it, but I'm not accepting or number two, that I'm accepting that this is when I accepted who I am and I'm learning to love it. And I'm trying to think, when did I come out to myself? When I ask myself the question, when did you come out to yourself? I immediately start thinking about when I, when I started dating women. That's just me. That's just where I go to. Because I think I had a sense and a knowing that when I acted upon it, I was able to, I felt I was able to confirm and claim with more clarity. However, again, I think it's really up to you. Like, there's no right or wrong, right or wrong way, not a wrong way, right or wrong way to choose these, these markers in time. Like, I think I came out to my, like, I knew I was gay when I was really little. I've told this on the podcast before, but I went into my mom's room late at night when I was like seven. And I told her that I thought I was gay. And we had a conversation around it and everything I said, and she said, she was like, that doesn't mean you're gay. And everything I said, the, the evidence I had come up with, I think it was because I, I had kissed a girl at school and I had like, I, I, I was just feeling like I was interested in women. She was like, it doesn't necessarily make you gay. And she's right, but I also, I was gay. So a part of me says, you always knew. But then I look at when I started dating women and I'm feeling more sure of that and like holding that for a minute inside before I did something. And I, I realized that's also a, an important period of my coming out. So I think it's really whatever speaks to you. And your answer doesn't have to be so black or white. It's like when people say to queer people, when did you come out? And it's like, to who? <laughs> like I came out to my parents in phases. I came out as bisexual. Then I told them I had a girlfriend. Then I said, I, like, it's just, I don't know. There was no third part. And I said, I think I'm a lesbian. Then I said, oh, what if I'm not? I, I just, it's, it's always changing. And like, I used to feel scared by that. Like, well, fuck, how do I know for sure? But now I just like it. I like having aspects of my sexuality that surprise me. I like that there's spaciousness in that definition. Like I get to still discover things. I'm like, I don't have to hold myself to, to one thing and that I can just follow my heart. And I think that's a good perspective shift that like okay uh, leaving some room to not know is exciting it's exciting for you it's exciting for for dating and i don't know do you really want to know everything of course that was daunting at first i don't know but now i'm just like all right whatever weird i'm attracted to whoever i'm attracted to but i'm gay i'm obviously gay (laughs) i'm gay i'm gay been working on a lot of new jokes in stand-up which has been really fun i'm going to be in la for the next three weeks four weeks and then i'm going to be in new york so new york in november i'll get those show dates at the end of the month for now all my shows are on my website and they've been coming weekly so there's not a ton on there but keep checking back at aliecolbert.com my next show is next Thursday that I have right now booked. Next Thursday at the Improv, 10 o'clock, the main room. You can check it out on my website. Keep commenting on the podcast. I'm pretty sure we figured out how to do that by now. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts if you haven't or hit the follow button on Spotify. It really helps. Share the podcast with friends, please, and thank you. 
And if you have anyone else that you think would be a great guest for the podcast, I would love your recommendations. I'm doing some booking now for upcoming guests. I'm glad you guys really enjoyed Taylor Strecker. Amazing. Jordana Abraham and last week's episode with Jules. I always love, you know, I always love working with her. What a great collaborator. But seriously, email the podcast, DM me on Instagram, people you want me to talk to, questions you have, fun hearing from you, and call the pod, 833-722-5546. 833-722-5546. All right, guys. Happy hummus. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.